The Start On Demand. On demand. Welcome to The Start On Demand. GMAC with you. Thanks for taking some time. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, sharing, and rating. Penny Marshall, 75 years old. She passed away in Los Angeles. We will remember Laverne and Shirley and some of the other incredible things that she did behind the camera. We'll talk about how scams are on the rise. How do you make sure nobody gets your money or maybe more importantly, your identity? And we'll tell you why a 12-year-old girl was suspended for 180 days from school. All that and much more coming up on The Start On Demand. Let's get her going. Already getting text messages at 780-6868 with your favorite Christmas movies. Doesn't have to involve Christmas. It's just a movie that you watch with your family, with your friends when you get together like we're getting together. Can I quickly interject one other thing? What? A couple days ago, I mentioned a book I was looking for, and I've got all sorts of emails and texts and calls telling me where to go get it, and yesterday I went and I got it, so hey. mission accomplished. Thanks for all the help, everybody. Nice. Imagine that, somebody telling you where to go. Obama? Yeah. The Obama book, right? Yeah. Well, I don't oh. know, because uh, oh. people who are receiving <laughs> said gift may be listening. Oh my gosh! It's okay. Oh, you mean the uh, you just ruined, uh, ruined Christmas? Christmas. Gosh, I hope Christmas. this person's. Go I watch hope. a good Christmas movie, McNabb. Oh my gosh! Is this person listening? They Possibly. do. They do. Uh, oh, way too oh. cold. <laughs> She's gonna cry again. Don't worry about it. <laughs> twice in one morning. <laughs> I didn't even know she she cried. Now she's crying uh, twice in an hour and a half. I do have a heart, Craig. I know you do. I'm Small, just teasing but it's there. you. Uh, Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you, one of the one of the legendary coach potatoes. What says Christmas for you? Oh, you know what? Um, what's one of my favorites? I haven't watched it yet this year. I will get to it. It's Billy Bob Thornton starring in Bad Santa. How do they sleep? Or the reindeer standing up. But the noise, how do they sleep? What noise? From the shop. They only work during the day, all right? I thought it was always night in the North Pole. Well, not now. Right now, it's always day. Then how do they sleep? What is it with you, anyway? Somebody drop you on your head? On my head? Well, yeah, what, are they going to drop you on somebody else's head? How can they drop me onto my own head? No, not onto your... Uh, what? Damn it, are you with me? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing says Christmas oh. like an F-bomb. That's the cleanest clip I could find from Bad Santa. <laughs> It's a hard R. It's a very funny movie. It's extremely foul, but it's also, like any good Christmas movie, at the end of it, it tugs on the heartstrings a little bit. It actually does have a poignant moment there. Do they ever put it on TV and, and you know... Middle of the night. Fix the fix the swears or... Oh, with that, I don't know. I, I roll on it when it's on at 2 a.m. because I know they'll leave the swears Like in you record it, yeah, it yeah. instead of just ordering it or... Yeah, yeah. it's, for, it's a, like your favorite song on the radio. Christmas movies I find are more fun when you just come across them on TV. I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and have to power through the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. You know other people are watching. There's exactly. something about that. Kelly yeah. Moore, how about you? Well, Billy Bob Thornton also has a bit of a role oh, in yeah. my absolute favorite Christmas movie. Mazé Natal est so créé sa belle. Oh, pelo amor de Deus! Diz que sim, minha parvalhona! Thank you. That will be nice.
Uh, love. Colin Firth, a.k.a. Jamie, and his proposal to Aurelia <sighs> in a fancy upscale Portuguese restaurant with the <clears throat> somewhat... Uh, uh, how shall I say that? Photographically challenged sister urging him, to, urging the sister to say yes. Anyway, it's from Love Actually, and I know this movie just gets absolutely hammered by the critics every Why? single Why? Really? Christ- Is that true? <laughs> oh, what? Go, Can oh, you yeah, please play McNabb's movie? It's too long. The whole movie? <laughs> no, like McNabb's movie clip. Yeah, I can, I can play that. Because why? Maybe a small country. Same one. Same one, Kelly. Did you play the same? Oh, pull the my. same clip? No, Church listen. Beatles. Sean Connery. Harry Potter. <laughs> David Beckham's right foot. David Beckham's left foot. And a friend who bullies us. He's no longer a friend. That you said. Bullies only respond yeah. to strength. From now onward. I will be prepared to be much stronger. So that's Hugh Grant talking to, to Billy, Billy Bob, Bob Thornton. The bully U.S. president. That movie gets panned by the critics. Oh, it just gets hammered. Quick backstory. When that movie first came out, I was traveling on the road, and I was in Salt Lake City on a Friday night. Uh, the Moose were going to play the Utah Grizzlies uh, the next night. Uh, just down the street from the hotel we uh, were staying at was a movie theater. Went down. Didn't know anything about this movie, uh, but saw that some of my favorite actors and actresses were in it, watched it. I could not get back to my hotel room quick enough to phone my wife and tell her, I have just I love seen you. Our, well, I did tell her that, too. But I, I've just seen a movie that's going to become our Christmas staple. And we just watched it Saturday night again. Oh, Kelly, I just want yeah. to hold you right now. That's so romantic. Yeah, just, uh, love, the, love it, love it, love it, and love it. Yeah. All sorts of people texting in right now. Elf, of course, has come in multiple, multiple, multiple times. Christmas Vacation. And uh, (laughs) one of our listeners saying they do uh, Harry Potter and Star Wars marathons around Christmas time. I do a a Star Wars marathon to you. Doesn't have to be a Christmas yeah. movie, right? Just what sure. happened to Bruce Willis? I thought he well, was your favorite uh, well, movie. Well, actually, Die that's, Hard. that oh. would be me. Now I have a machine gun. This is Die Hard. Oh. Yes. Oh. The microphones are still I open. I don't know why I'm whispering. So yes, Die Hard. <laughs> and it is a Christmas movie. I'm telling you, it is a Christmas How? movie. How? It takes place on Christmas on Eve. Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas miracle. At an miracle. office Christmas party yes. that's been taken doesn't over by Bruce terrorists. Will, doesn't Bruce Willis say, this is not a Christmas movie? Yeah, well, he, he said that last year. He said that last but year. But <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. I watch with my mother every Christmas. <laughs> that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I need a selfie at Christmas time with you and your <laughs> mama Forte watching uh, Die Hard. Aw. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, the ref? Somebody said the ref. Is that Dennis Leary? Yeah, that's a. Well, used to be on my list all the time, but uh, it also co stars Kevin Spacey. So. Oh, so that's Your off mileage now. may vary, yeah. How about the Nativity? It's a Wonderful Life. That's sort of mandatory. Oh, yeah. Keith yeah. McCullough's favorite, our former colleague. I've never seen it. It is really, really good. In yeah. fact, my kids, at, if you want to do something neat, MTC is doing a radio play of It's a Wonderful Life right now on live on stage. Yeah, I heard about that. So yeah. uh, the shop around the corner while you were sleeping. I don't know about this one. And then mine has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. Because <laughs> when your little life is up, you're growing up. Everything is up. Wait up. Hold up. Shut up. <laughs> Mom, I'll clean up. Let me stay up. Jerry Seinfeld, telling you for the last time. 
parents, of course, just the opposite. Just calm down. Slow down. Come down here. Sit down. Put that down. You are grounded. And keep it down in there. So my mom always plays a role in these Christmas memories, of course, because, well, it's just the way it is. My mom could not stand Seinfeld, the series, yeah. but absolutely loves his stand-up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. she loved his stand-up. And so, so uh, is that like a, every year you watch that? When, we're, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the sibs get together, nice. we t- typically yeah. will we'll find that and play that and watch it together. And, his, and bit about hor- mom. his bit about horses is my favorite thing in that special. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas morning. Oh, bag, I got my oat bag. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, so Kelly. No, I was just going to say, I, I love to get up before everybody else and wander down, I'll make coffee, throw a little Bailey's in there, and watch the original edition of A Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim. Wow. Yeah, that, I've got that on DVD, so that uh, just uh, go down and watch that, and then pretty soon you hear the rumbling upstairs. Uh, you know, everybody's getting ready, but uh, it's I've been doing that, uh, God, uh, 30 years now, I guess. There are only so many households in Winnipeg where the adults get up earlier than the kids, and I yeah. suspect it's most of our houses. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that Bailey's in the coffee doesn't for, sound so bad. For the sake oh, of one of our yeah. listeners, can we play our my second choice there? Yeah, this, this I can just, do that. This is just, just for... Just real quick um, here? Yeah. Okay, here we go. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Uh, Anyone? Yeah. Die Hard 2? <laughs> Sound of music, Starring the, star the Black Nuns. <laughs> Sound of music. That was just for one of our listeners texted in and said that was one of their favorites. And I agree. I could I could do that one too. Keep texting them in. 780-6868. It's actually one of our favorite conversations of the year on having coffee, talking your favorite Christmas moving. I'm Greg. She is Lorraine. Brett McGarry off this week. It is the start on 680 CJOB. And Lorraine, I know we're uh, we're celebrating Keith Richards' birthday yesterday. He celebrated number 75. We also told you that uh, about a year ago or so, he quit drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, then sad news came out from Hollywood yesterday afternoon that Penny Marshall, actor and director, passed away at that same age. 75. Now, most of us have a certain vintage. We're introduced to uh, Penny Marshall along with her co-star Cindy Williams in a Happy Days spinoff, Laverne and Shirley. It aired from 1976 to 1983, and this show featured a very catchy theme song. You know I've been singing it. Oh, he's been singing it not well, but he's been singing Uh it. Well, just because you can't doesn't mean you shouldn't. (laughs) And it started with a bizarre piece of gibberish. Here it is and explain just for you this morning on the start. My brother said to my sister, we're on New York Street at Paramount, and what did you do when you walked to school? And one of the things, because we did little ditties, was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, so mill, so muscle, house of pepper incorporated. I don't know what it means. But she said, good, teach it to Cindy. Well, we had done, Gary shot all the um, opening credits and the, you know, the little scenes, and there were, this was set up 126. I remember that, it was getting, toward evening and we had to really do something fast and he said 
Penny, teach Cindy that little thing that you did on the way to school. And she said, Shlemiel Shlemazel. She taught it to me. And I said, wait, because I'm dyslexic. Up, down, you know, when does that occur? Anyway, we did it twice. He shot it, and that was it. And we wrapped that scene and went on to the next. We just did it on the way to school. And I said, what is that? And I had to learn to pronounce Shlemiel Shlemazel. Well, you know what a Shlemiel is. Would you like to share with a Shlemiel and a Shlemiel? You tell them. I don't remember. A Shlemiel is someone who, who falls, uh, who trips, no. A Shlemiel is someone who falls from a building, and a Shlemazel is... Picks them up? No, oh. is the person they land on. It's like Dumb and Dumber. So what and does Hasenpfeffer mean? Rabbit. Rabbit? Don't ask me. It's rabbit. It's in German. Rabbit Incorporated. Okay. Bunny Rabbit Incorporated. I've mulled I over that know. one at times, but not, not serious. Rabbit. Yep, so I there you go. Know. There's the expl explanation. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. It means nothing, really. Yeah. But uh, we figured that all along, but it's just confirmed <laughs> now. Uh, Marshall's publicist, Michelle Vega, said Marshall passed away in her Hollywood Hills, California home on Monday due to complications from diabetes. As a filmmaker, she became the first woman to direct a film that grossed more than $100 million with Big, the 1988 comedy starring Tom Hanks. She also directed Jumpin' Jack Flash and Awakenings, as well as A League of Their Own, which is, by the way, not only uh, an amazing film, it's the uh, top-grossing baseball movie of all time. Jeff Braun joins us now. And Jeff, yep. is it fair to say that Penny Marshall is somewhat responsible for the way Tom Hanks's career has played out? Absolutely. He was, of course, in Big. And it was a huge hit. But after Big, he did some movies that weren't quite as big hits. Uh, stuff like The Burbs, Turner and Hooch. Good, not great, box office-wise. Certainly not big hits like Big. And then he followed that up with Joe vs. Volcano. Which is a decent movie, but... Yeah, it's got a big cult following, including right. myself. And then also Bonfire of the Vanities. And those two both flopped hard and got just ravaged by critics. So Hanks was sort of desperate for a hit, and he begged her to be in... Uh, a league of their own. He's like, look, I know I'm supposed to be a leading man and take leading man parts, but I will definitely take the supporting actor role in a good movie just for the sake of my career. And boom, it was a huge hit. And then his next three movies were Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, and Forrest Gump. So he was off to the races after that. If not for a league of their own, he might not have got those other gigs and who knows what would happen. Did that role kind of take him out of that bosom buddies sort of feel of the roles that he had? Kind of that... That yeah. oh gosh kind of comedic guy, was, that OG golly guy. Because he was like, you know, mean and cranky in that movie, right? And it's yes. like, oh, he's also a dramatic actor. So, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that's a fascinating thing. Now, getting back to the baseball movie, something, uh, you know, close to my heart. Uh, 10 through 1. We'll count them down real quick in okay. terms of uh, uh, grossing at the box office. Major League is number 10. Oh, that's my favorite sports movie. Yes. Sport, yeah? I yeah. agree. Yeah. It's so good. I, I, I love it. Angel, Christian and I did a bit on it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. When did you do that? Is it on the podcast? Uh, it was a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. Angels in the Outfield. What's that? That's a part of a regular feature you and Christian are doing. Yeah, every second Tuesday we do a sports movie at 8.30. Have you done Bull Durham yet? No, we did Rocky yesterday. Uh, Bull Which Durham. Which Rocky? 
One. One. But the original. The only uh, one? Bull Durham, number eight. Rookie of the year, number seven. The Bench Warmers. I don't even remember that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, number six, Field of Dreams. Yep. My favorite baseball movie at number five. The Rookie at number four. Number three is Moneyball. That's a good Brad movie. Brad Pitt. Yeah. And Seth, not Seth Rogen. Uh, his Jonah buddy there. Hill. Jonah Hill. Thank you, Jonah Hill. Uh, 42, which was panned by the critics. It was it's it was okay. A kind of a document documentary kind of feel to it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And then a league of their own over a hundred million dollars gross. So uh, I don't know how you feel about any of those baseball movies other than to know that Major League is your favorite. Yeah, and I really like a league of their own. And I saw it this summer. They Cineplex did mm-hmm. like a Hanks Fest thing, and they showed a couple of old Tom Hanks movies. And a league of their own and Big were two of the four they showed. One of the fascinating things about A League of Their Own, Loren, is the fact that there's so much connection to the prairies of Canada, right? Because the feature outside of, uh, is it uh, Gina Gina Davis, Davis yeah. her character is based on a woman out of Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan yeah. because the prairies were a big drawing card for those women's professional leagues in the Midwest U.S. For me, it was a perfect example when I watched that film at, I don't know, 17, 18 of uh, what you didn't realize, you know, all the different fights along the way for women. And then and then you go looking at the date and you're like, what? This was just a few decades ago? Like, what are we talking about, right? So I thought that was super empowering for a lot of people. Also kind of a cold, stark reality situation, right? But really wonderful film. Rosie O'Donnell was great in it. Madonna, she is great in Madonna it. was even good in it. Which, yeah, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell was, was, I thought, superb, though. Agreed, yeah. When I rewatch it this summer, I, I forgot that she and Madonna were in it. All I thought was Gina Davis and Tom Hanks. And I was like, oh, yeah, the comedy duo of M- Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> and they became like best friends after that mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. All right. Well, Jeff, cool. thanks for this. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Penny Marshall, uh, gone but not forgotten, forgotten, 75 years young. So many gifts to us. And, and I think that's the important thing that we uh, take out of when we remember someone like that that's uh, given us so many laughs and uh, tears over the years. Loren, uh, I I don't know how well you remember grade school or elementary or Dep- junior depends high. Depends on the memory that I <laughs> decide to keep or push deep down. Black them out or what have you. But of course, a big time, a big time in any of us growing up is when you start going through puberty, right? For it's sure. It's a for difficult girl, time for boys, but it's oh, got to be way more more challenging for girls because oh, oh. things happen in a much more public way. way, an obvious yeah. way, fair to say. I wasn't going to say that I think it's harder or different for girls. I don't I don't know. I just, that your point is well, right. I be, think though. things happen, for example, when your body starts changing that are, are more noticeable, and therefore it's a time of your life where, you know, purchasing your first bra is a rite of passage, but then you might be the kid who... It's not ready to have that and all those kinds of things with life, right? So that, well, that's some, the challenge and, there. And, of course, boys, you know, with the mustache, right? they, you know, yeah. all that different thing. So, yeah, you know, there and, are challenges yeah, and for both And their body's doing things, too, that oh, they don't yeah, expect. So absolutely. I, I, I get that. But what? So this is a story out of uh, near Atlanta, Georgia, and a 12-year-old girl was suspended for 180 days after she lifted her shirt on a school bus. 180 days. It's a punishment that her mom is now appealing because she says her daughter responded to something the boys said first. 180 days. Yeah, I don't even... I Six feel, months? I, I double-checked that, and I don't know if it's being spread out over years. Otherwise, she's just out of school, right? But here's reporter Elwin Lopez from that community near Atlanta, Georgia. 
The 12 year old girl's mom says her daughter knew the two boys. They were classmates and she even thought of them as friends. That's until a school bus right in August. The mom tells me her daughter was picked on, humiliated and sexually harassed. These kids openly admitted on the record what they did and said, we feel like maybe if we wouldn't have said what we said, she wouldn't have did what she did. And what they said. I bet you got tissue in your bra. I bet your breasts aren't real. That is sexual in nature. And that's when Christina Richardson says her daughter reacted. She got upset and she said, no, that's not true. And he said, yeah, I bet you do have tissue in there. And then my daughter just exposed her area by pulling up her shirt. Her daughter was handed down a 180-day suspension for sexual misconduct. But the two boys... These little boys, even after admitting this, as far as I know, there's been no investigation into what they did or didn't do. And that's why they got away. Richardson says her daughter's actions were directly linked to the boys' harassment. She felt that she had to do that. Even if you and I as adults, we would know differently, but we're talking about kids. It's a different category when the child feels coerced or forced or pressured. Once an art-loving, joyful girl. She's become um, isolated, stays to herself. She is chronically sad and she, she's kind of lost her pep. The decision on her six-month suspension is now going through an appeals process and partly because of that, the Henry County School District has refused to provide a comment to us. Richardson says her daughter will be going to another school in the new year. If one of my buddies in grade six insisted I didn't or wasn't growing hair on my chest, even though I said I was. You'd lift up your shirt. And, and if I took off right. my shirt to prove to them that I had hair on my chest or that I didn't have hair on my chest, whatever the case may be, I don't think I'd be suspended at all. I might be reprimanded and told to put my shirt back on. But I think that would be the end of it. Well, the punishment here, and I went back and checked the story from multiple sources. It is 180 days. The mom's pulling her kid out of school. That's effectively an expulsion, right? I mean, you can't miss six months of school. So the punishment is ridiculous. You definitely would talk to the, the 12-year-old and say, you know what? You can walk away. You can do all sorts of things. But is she at fault for that? I, I don't. That's a tough time. You're you're in the middle of an argument with someone. They're calling it sexual misconduct. It's that, so uh, rude. To, uh, if when you're 12 and someone's accusing you of something like that, you come to your own defense, and uh, the the label that we put on these things of sexual misconduct is ridiculous. Not to mention, I don't know the rules. I don't know the laws in Georgia, obviously, or in the states, but in Canada, showing your chest as a woman is is also not against the law. Like, she had a bra on. We had that story from New Jersey a couple of weeks ago where the football team insisted on the, the women's track team moving their practices because then the women running in their sports bra was quote unquote distracting to the football team. Right. And not only was it a, a source of consternation and friction between the two teams, the women ended up having to move their practices across the street to a high school. To capitulate to this ridiculousness. And I don't want a world in any sense where anyone's going around proving themselves by lifting up their shirts or pulling down maybe their not, pants. Hey, but maybe not the best play. But for sure. But. And, and there's a conversation to be had there with your child, but there's not a, there's not a suspension. No. And, and if there's going to be, if there's going to be, what, what about the boys? Well, sure. They were antagonizing her, right? They were bullying her without any question based on what we know, mm -hmm. based on what we know. We always have to say that, but uh, 
yeah, one of those stories that, that have you scratching your head without doubt. We hate to admit we've been victims of, but I think most of us at one time or another have had the wool pulled over our eyes or been, as they say in Saskatchewan, hoodwinked in one way or another. Right. And you might not want to admit to it, or you just might want not to admit that you paused and thought about it for a second. And I'm talking about that email promising cash, a phone call warning you you're going to jail because of back taxes, an online deal that seems good too good to be true. They're scams. And while they might sound obvious, thousands of Manitobans fall for them every year. It's why the Better Business Bureau has put together the 12 scams of Christmas. And to explain more, we're joined by Marion Henry of the Better Business Bureau. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on with us at this hour. I, I want to start by asking, you know, we said it seems obvious, but I'm wondering, do you feel, do we have numbers showing the problem is getting worse? Not just with the number of scams, but the number of Manitobans who might be falling for them? Yes. I mean, with holiday buying at a high for the season, scams are certainly more prevalent now than they are at other times of the year. And uh, we certainly are receiving uh, tens and, and hundreds of calls um, about scams to the BBB um, looking to see if, if something is legitimate or, you know, indicating that they have fallen a victim to a scam. So regardless of how much we talk about this, the scammers are not going away. They're getting more creative. And you've created something very creative of your own. You're, you're calling it the 12 scams of Christmas so that we can take note of these things. Uh, can you just outline maybe a couple of these that are, are most common and that are, well, we, we don't want to use the word effective, but I guess in a sense they are. Yes, of course. Um, Because many retailers now have chip readers, fraud at brick-and-mortar stores is down, so scammers really are shifting their efforts more online this year. Um, So we, you know, we do offer some some tips and and warnings out to people when they they are doing online shopping. Um, Two things to do with that is to make sure that if you're shopping online that you are only shopping on secure websites. So to watch for the HTTPS, S meaning secure, um, and also having the little lock icon on any websites that you're using uh, and entering financial information. Being weary of any unusual forms of payment like wire transfers, uh, prepaid debits or gift cards, and any third-party transactions. The other thing with online shopping to be aware of is lookalike websites. So as uh, stores start selling out of popular products, you'll find that you may find these items online at different websites or at extremely good deals. Um, Scammers are getting more sophisticated and and it's quite easy to mimic a real website. They take pictures from the real websites um, and then they, of course, take your money and leave you without gifts or the money. And that one's huge. I I just the other day almost fell for it. I was going to buy something at the Bay. It wasn't available there, but sure enough, your computer, you know, like I want to say it's reading your mind. It shows you photos all of a sudden. They pop up in your Facebook feed or other, the exact same quote. You almost go to buy it because you're like, well, there it is. And it might be legit, but the odds are it's not. Is that fair? That's correct. That is correct. Um, you know, anytime, I think it's always important to ask ourselves, is it too good to be true? And if it, you know, if it looks too good to be true, chances are it probably, you know, does have uh, some warnings of a scam. So when we go to shop online increasingly, then parcels get delivered. Where can we fall victim there? Well, one of the other uh, big scams that we're seeing this year is fake shipping notifications. Uh, so you receive an email or a text message saying that you have a parcel that they need to deliver and they need you to click on a link 
to arrange for, for that delivery. Um, these could have attachments or links to sites that download malware onto your computer to steal your identity and your passwords. Um, always a good idea if you do receive some sort of a text message or email from a delivery um, to give that company a call. So if you're receiving an email from Perlator, to give Perlator a call to make sure that it is legit as opposed to clicking on those links. And really, I guess what we need to be mindful of, it's it's your personal information in a lot of cases. Yes, it's money. Yes, it is your uh, credit card information. But so much more than that is is what these um, devious uh, persons are looking for. They want to assume your identity and uh, basically uh, spend as much money as they can on with your name, with your good name. That's correct. That's correct. So um, just being diligent um, whenever you're receiving unsolicited text or emails, um, hovering over the link itself to see where it's actually taking you. Sometimes you'll notice spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes in the email or, or link. Um, that would be a red flag. Um, and just protecting your uh, financial and personal information from scammers. Lots of good tips there. We've got more on our website, globalnews.ca. The headline is... You're a mean one, Mr. Scammer. How to avoid getting tricked this holiday season. Marion Henry with with the Better Business Bureau. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Always something to be mindful of is just to, I know sometimes I get those uh, invoices from Apple (laughs) and I didn't order anything from Apple, but it looks like an Apple receipt. It all looks so real. That's the problem. And so to pause for a second and say, did I do this? Is this mine? It's great advice. want to visit with our favorite sommelier. Talk Chris, one of my favorite subjects. Absolutely. Christopher Sprague, 529 Wellington, one of our favorite places to go as well. Christopher, good morning, sir. Good morning. I should turn on your microphone. It makes it a lot easier for people at home <laughs> to hear you. Uh, always great to get some time with you. This is, must be one of your busiest times of the, of the year. So thanks for taking some time with us on this Wednesday oh, morning. Oh, absolute pleasure. Uh, yeah, I didn't know it was dark this early. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice. That's like, I let him in the door and I was like, I feel like as someone who works at a restaurant, 8.30 is not your normal start time. No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> well, let's start with the wines. Uh, is there like a Christmas flavor that people go for? Like, Are people into something more this oh, time I, of year? Well, I think that overindulgence, of course. <laughs> That's the flavor. It's the yeah. best flavor there is. Right. <laughs> I find that uh, while well, winter's hit here, right? So it's, it's a little bit colder, kind of gotten through fall. So it's the time for big red wines. And that is more than happy for me because I think there's so much different wines that are out there right now that uh, have so much diversity that is, and especially the foods and the different parties and everything, everything is game right now. And that's the best part of the season. When you say big, you mean? Big flavors, big uh Extracted. Not the glass is what I was thinking. Well, no, a big glass helps. <laughs> it helps to hold it, right? But I think that uh, we, we you're going to different parties and there's lots of food and so there's lots of diversity in wine that can be used right now. And that's the fun part. Is this is the best time of year for wine for sure. So when you're taking that host gift, what's a good what's a good way to go? Do you take uh, Jackie's always asking me take white? Do we take red? Well, you always feel white because you think that's more like universal. There's yeah, but everybody but brings white. Right? I always I, I always say I like to bring my favorite wine that's to always, share it with them. That's a good call because it shows you them what kind of wines you like and maybe the next time you'll see more of those wines at the dinner party or at the party itself, but I also like to bring very unusual things. 
things that people won't normally have, mm-hmm. like a bottle of port or a bottle of dessert wine oh, is right. always good. Because they can put in their collection now, exactly. put it in their bar, and maybe for, they have it for a while, right? Yeah, for the most part, most hosts have already thought about the wine, right? So sometimes bringing a bottle is not part of the game plan, unless that's what... Uh, Unless it's a big wine tasting kind of night, um, which is always fun too. But I find that if you bring something a little more unusual, something that you wouldn't normally buy, that's more fun because something they can definitely put into their collection. And remember maybe too, if it sticks around, like you're not yeah, going exactly. through some so of those bottles a, as quickly. Yeah, if it's not a bottle of wine you see every day, there's no... There's nothing special about it. It's Christmas time. It's have a special some time. The, have some of the rules surrounding wine and pairing it with food, have they changed over the years? You always heard, when I was back in the restaurant business a long time ago, right, white wine with fish and white wine with chicken and red wine with steak. Does some of those rules still exist or are they, are they getting blurred? Well, the best part, rules are meant to be broken. I love the way of you think, course. man. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> um, there are certain set things that are, are there. Like it's, I think of uh, the weight of the wine and what the wine actually tastes like and how it's going to work with the food. There's two real thoughts for food and wine matching. One is to match very similar kind of flavors. So if you're drinking, if you're eating something very light, like a a very light pasta salad or something like that, you want a really light, crisp kind of wine to go with that. If you're eating something very heavy. Can that be a red? Yeah, light red can be it's okay. a little bit chilled. So that's still more a good of a thing. white for some of those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, if you're thinking big, heavy, thick steak with lots of fat, you want a big, heavy, rich wine for that. That's that kind of thought. And then there's the matching that is the yin and yang, the opposite of something. It's a little bit more tricky, but it can work very, very well. Think of a very rich, uh, like cream sauce, like an Alfredo sauce or something like that, and matching that with something that's very clean and crisp. It's kind of the yin and yang. The the flavors kind of balance each other out. So where does the turkey fit into this equation? Oh, turkey is the hard one. Is it? <laughs> well, it's it's easy because turkey is a an open palate, as I would kind of say. Like it has turkey tastes like turkey, but it's not a huge flavor. It's everything around it that's the problem. Not a problem, but like you know, if you're going to throw in turnips and dressing and. Um, Cranberry sauce. Don't forget the gravy, Christopher. Well, it, 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 it's the third food group. <laughs> I find that it's the flavors around that I'm really looking for. So I want wines that are going to be balanced and all that. So you want wines that are not going to overshadow anything. So these big, heavy, rich, super reds aren't going to necessarily go with turkey dinner itself. Might go with a turkey, but won't go with everything else. So I keep it on the lighter side, and you can drink more if you're drinking lighter wines, too. Mm. One, I don't, oh, sorry, but one question a lot of people will have is, how do I store my wine? How do I serve it at the proper temperature? It can be a real challenge for folks. Oh, I got the perfect. It's called the 20-minute rule. So wine, storing wine, is the most important thing with storing wine is even temperature, right? You don't want the temperature to change on it. Find somewhere dark. It doesn't like light. As long as the temperature is consistent year to year, you should be fine. Well, mind you, if it's plus 30 every year, that's not as good. But if it's a constant temperature, you'll be okay. But for serving it, the 20-minute rule applies. For white wine, take it out of the fridge for 20 minutes. It'll come to the temperature it needs to. And for red wine, put it into the fridge 20 minutes before you serve it. You're almost guaranteed to hit the proper serving temperature for that. One question about this is all if you're having people to your home. But, of course, you work for 529 Wellington. And so... uh, when you're going to a restaurant, I think the instinct when you're purchasing wine is I don't want to look cheap, but I don't can't necessarily afford, you know, certain bottles. And so I'll pick the, the second thing on the list because my knowledge is super low. Um, and then I've read somewhere that that is actually the worst bottle of wine to well, buy. Like, is it, there a rule when it comes to it, I don't know what I'm doing? 
or just say, help me out. Oh, I think that's the easiest rule. It's if you especially have a wine specialist like me on board, or there's going to be somebody in the building who knows something about wine, ask them because they're more than excited. They want you to enjoy the experience, right? And enjoying the experience is more important than, uh, you know, trying to get the extra $10 out of a bottle or something like that. It's you welcoming back into the restaurant is far more important. Are people less nervous now when it comes to, like, I, I feel like wine now is everybody's thing as opposed to even 10 years ago? Oh, I think so. I think there's a little bit more knowledge out there, and that knowledge is power, right? And the only way to learn about wine is to drink more of it. Christopher Sprague, he's the sommelier at one of the top wine restaurants in Canada. In fact, one list has you at the very top in all of Canada. That's true. (laughs) Gotta love that, Christopher Sprague, 529. Wellington, one of the real gems in our city. You're a great guy, Christopher. Always love spending time with you. Thanks for this. All the best. See you in the new year. Happy New Year to you, and Merry Christmas. But one of the most incredible memories of our childhood were the windows at Eaton's. And those were on display for years and years and even after they weren't in the windows. And now you can relive those memories courtesy of our friends at the Children's Museum. And Aaron McIntyre joins us now. Good morning, Aaron. Hi, thanks so much for having me. And that was quite the transition. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, we do our best. <laughs> we are faced with uh, such transitions uh, uh, on a daily, if not uh, hour by hour basis. Well, I didn't want her to think, you know, we're bringing her in. She's probably sitting on the phone thinking, I'd, I'm not here to talk about online scams. <laughs> you have the wrong guest. But Aaron, tell us about what you have on display. This is very special memories for so many people and maybe making new memories for those those of us not old, or maybe I should be saying those of you who are not <laughs> old enough to remember the, the great displays at Eaton's. Yeah, absolutely. So when Eaton's closed in 1999, and for any listeners who don't know who what Eaton's was, it was a department store that was really influential in across Canada, but particularly in Winnipeg, held a really important place in a lot of people's lives, an important part of a lot of families' livelihoods and where people did their shopping. Oh, you know what? And you know what? I always forget. We have so many new Winnipeggers. Eaton stood, the main Eaton store downtown, Mm -hmm. stood where Bell MTS Place is now on Portage Avenue at Donald Street. So uh, I've been reminded in the past, it's not the old Winnipeg where nobody ever left and nobody ever came here. Uh, We've got new Winnipeggers that don't know where Eaton stood. So I just wanted to make sure that I pointed that out. Yeah, that's a really good point. And at its peak, um, you know, Eaton's was employing thousands of employees, occupying 21 acres in our downtown area with numerous buildings that were serving different purposes. And um, so it was a really important part of the economy in Winnipeg, a really important part of a lot of people's lives. And right from the beginning in 1905, when that Eaton store opened in Winnipeg, they were marketing themselves as the Christmas store. So they did very elaborate uh, window displays. They did Santa Claus parades. Um, they had a toy land, and they had uh, pictures with Santa right from the get-go. Starting in the 60s, they expanded that even further and devoted a huge section of their ninth floor to something that they called Santa's Village. And that Santa's village had a number of fairy tale stories that were these, we call them vignettes, they're little animatronic scenes of different fairy tales that you would walk through on your way to take your photo with Santa. 
So when Eaton's closed in 1999, they offered us that full collection of the 15 fairy tale stories that you would walk through on your way to see Santa Claus. And we said, absolutely. And so we had them on display ever since. Um, and now, again, we have them up for the holiday season up until January 6th. Um, and it's, it is really lovely. It's, it's a, the kind of thing that they just don't make anymore. You know, it, it really is kind of harkens back to a different time. Um, I took my photos with uh, the Santa at Eaton's growing up, so I remember these really vividly. But, you know, to have them since 1999 means that there's a whole generation of children that associate them with us. And so we're able to carry on that holiday tradition for Winnipeggers now, which is really a pleasure and an honor. They were so elaborate. And so there's part of me that thinks, why don't we do that anymore, but we have got changing faces of department stores. It's not necessarily a, a thriving business, and I can appreciate the cost that might and the time that would have gone into these things. I'd love to know what kind of reaction you get from those who come in and see the vignettes, because you might have a group that are familiar with them, mm-hmm. so it's a kind of a walk to the past, and then there'll be those who'd say, like, what, what is this? Where did this come from? Absolutely. We do run the gamut. So we offer guided tours that you can book um, if you have a group that you're interested in seeing it with, and we also offer guided tours that are just drop-ins on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at 11 and 2. Um, and those are kind of geared, you know, there's a family element, but they're also geared toward adults that maybe have a connection with Eaton's that don't have a little one to come visit the museum with, and they want to kind of get more into that in-depth history. And when those guests come, you know, maybe they worked at Eaton's or they themselves took their photo at Eaton's, they have, you know, sort of that nostalgic association. And those are really fun because the reaction is, of course, you know, really lovely, really nostalgic. And sometimes they're able to even share a little bit of information about something that maybe I didn't know. The vignettes were like no one ever imagined that they would end up in a museum, right? So I don't really have like written records about when something was made or who made what or what the intention was behind something. You know, it was Eaton's staff that were working on these vignettes and building the motors and making the costumes and also purchasing from another store um, in the States called Dayton's that they were purchasing characters Mm -hmm. from. So it's a really mixed history and and it's not always easy to kind of figure out exactly what was happening. So it's really lovely when I have those guests come and they're able to tell me, oh, you know, I know that there was a World War II um, fighter pilot uh, who then worked at Eaton's after the war, and he worked on a lot of the motors, which is why they are a certain way. And it's like, oh, wow, like that's really helpful information, right? Um, And then I also get the families that come and they've got little ones and they're seeing them for the very first time. And for them, it's just pure magic, right? Like this is totally unique to anything that they have seen elsewhere. There's no screen there's no button right like it's just a it's a completely immersive you know Christmas magic experience and this year we were really excited to welcome an additional donation from the city of Winnipeg they had received a number of bears that were from the very last Eaton's display like the very last one in the in 1999 and these bears were modeled after a book called the woodland nutcracker Um, And they had them, and they had them at the library and a few other places, and then they knew we had this collection, and so they offered them to us. When you say bears, are they like like taxidermied bears or just kind of uh, like a stuffed animal? Like a stuffed animal bear um, modeled to look after the characters in these books, but they're quite tall. So I've got two nutcracker bears that are over 10 feet tall. Oh, my goodness. And then I've got, yeah, and then I've got um, these bears that are about six feet tall. One of them is like a polar bear. The other one has like a large hoop skirt that are in the actual display space. Um, and it's just, it's pure Christmas magic. You walk in and it's just totally, 
you know, um, immersive and brings you to this like winter wonderland that just doesn't exist otherwise, well, well, right? That's a, a children's museum is an incredible place to begin with. Mm-hmm. So awesome that you have this collection in your possession and you're displaying and sharing it with us. This goes right through until January 6th. Yes. So there'll be lots of folks in Winnipeg from other parts of the world that uh, grew up here that would love to come down and see this. So if you're having visitors, here's an opportunity for you to, to show off a piece of our past uh, when are you open over the holidays, Erin? We are only closed on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Otherwise, we're maintaining our regular operating hours, um, which is Sunday to Thursday, 9.30 to 4.30, and then Fridays and Saturdays, 9.30 to 6. We're open just that little bit later on Fridays and Saturdays. The vignettes are included in your general admission. If you're visiting, you know, as a family, you've got little ones, you want to enjoy the museum, the vignettes are just an additional opportunity that you get to enjoy. If you are an adult without a little one and you're more interested in getting kind of that in-depth history and a tour and um, learning some more about Eaton's and we have some photos, some archival photos that we share. You can check out our tours that we do on Friday, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 and 2. Um, those are $5 or you can make a booking um, for a time outside of that if there's something that um, that doesn't work for you or you have a large group and you want to come through. Fantastic. Thank you for this, Aaron. Thank you so much. Aaron McIntyre, Children's Museum, childrensmuseum.com. Boy, there's lots of children's museums around the world. How did you get childrensmuseum.com? Somebody somebody was on top of it 25 years ago or... Yeah, we get that question a lot. Um, it, it's actually funny. We've had other children's museums, I think, even try to buy it from us. Yeah. yeah no, it's a thing. We're, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Thanks again, Erin. All the best. Thanks. Merry you Christmas too. to you. That's a whole other topic. I've got friends who will, like, buy domain names, you know, and try to think and it, flip them? And think ahead. I don't think it's worked for them yet. <laughs> but, like, they'll think, what's going to be, like, like, all these cat websites and stuff? Like, think of a funny cat <laughs> Domain like .ca .com and then you can sell them. Oh, but I don't, I don't think they've had any success with it yet. Yeah, but. okay. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna invest with them <laughs> no. then. Eaton's fairy tale vignettes that goes straight through until January sixth. That's at the Children's Museum at the Forks. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.